want us to bow our heads even as we pray and get into the word. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we want to thank you for your goodness, your faithfulness, and your loving kindness. We ask, O oh Lord, that you will speak to our hearts, touch us this morning, transform us into the image of your Son, and bring us to the place that you have prepared for us. By the washing and the cleansing of the word, may we be uplifted and strengthened to keep walking this work of faith. In Jesus' name, amen. I bring you greetings from my wife and kids. Uh, they are back home in Ghana and, uh, you know, praying for all of you. Uh, we pray for you all the time. Every Sunday, um, we are seven hours ahead of you. So after church, you know, uh, sometimes we sit down and just, uh, you know, turn to the Internet and get to watch your services and just be part of what the Lord is doing here we are one big family, and we have always appreciated all your love and all your support and your partnership. This morning, I want to speak to you on what the Lord laid on my heart. Before, you know, I traveled, I was praying and asking God, what is it that you want me to share with the people uh, when you give me the opportunity to preach in America? And the Lord said, tell my people to dream again. God said, dream again. That is the message God wants me uh, to give to you. Why do we need to dream again? If you look at the world we live in, and it, it has always been a, a, a pattern, like, you know, things are going on well, and then, you know, people are putting their lives together, you know, seeking God, getting to hear the voice of God, what God wants them to do. And then certain events will happen and just will change everything. When you look at the church all across the world today, there's, uh, as a result of COVID, everything has been, you know, spinning around that, uh, you know, there are some people that are just still, you know, beginning to find their feet, to know, you know, uh, where they stand, how they're standing, and what uh, they have to do. And there are some people that, you know, have fallen into a slumber, and, you know, COVID has become like a very big excuse where they cannot really do much. There are pastors all over the world that are somehow distraught. There are people, you know, uh, pastoral work is... It's such that you have to go around, you know, preach, evangelize, and gather. There are people that have, you know, gathered, and when it looks like everything that they've been gathering, now things are beginning to get together. Then COVID, you can't meet, you can't sing in church, you can't do this, and then, you know, everything scatter. And people are really not sure what to do. Business people are not sure, you know, how to approach their businesses. You know, uh, families don't know, you know, what, what is what. And the whole world, in the church, outside the church, people are perplexed. And God is saying, dream again. As children of God, he puts dreams in our hearts. He put dreams in our hearts to, you know, give us a piece of heaven, a piece of, you know, his mind, his plan, his purpose for us to manifest 
to the world we live in. And if there is anything that I have learned in this uh, past year uh, about COVID, it is number one is that the word of God is true. God is true and God is powerful and everything that God says is true. In the days past, there were things that the Bible talked about that we find it strange, you know, to believe, to think that it is possible. If you live in America, you know, uh, you, you, you have your own uh, systems and ways of doing things. And then the Bible is talking about, you know, a time is coming where there is going to be a new world world order, uh, one world government. And you, you are like, no, we are Americans. We are not going to do the same thing as the Europeans, as the Indians, as the, you know, Chinese. But then COVID proved us that the word of God is true. It is more possible than we have ever thought. You know, just imagine. You wake up one morning, and it's like the same narrative everywhere in the world. The whole world was in lockdown. You can't go out. You can't do this. You can't do, you know. And that is just to give us a glimpse of what the word of God has been saying all along. And the second thing I learned from COVID, our priorities, our needs, our desires are different. But same God. Amen? Amen. Same God. And he's Lord over every situation. You know, during COVID, during lockdown, those of us in third world countries, we were thinking about how to feed ourselves, you know, because most people, it's day by day. You go out, you hustle for the day, and then whatever you get, that is your food for the day. And so uh, now that they say lockdown, you know, the government said, stay home. People are being, you know, locked in to protect them from COVID, but then they are being pushed to die from hunger and starvation. So what the world was thinking of food, you know what America was thinking of? Toilet paper. (laughs) That was the truth. (laughs) Tell me I'm lying. (laughs) We saw the news. You know, whilst people were dying, being shot for going to, you know, hustle for food. People were fighting in Costco for toilet paper. I'm getting the last one, you know. That was... (laughs) But in the midst of all that, God is still God. And he still wants to have his way with his people. What the devil is trying to do is to use the things that are happening in the world to confuse the church, to push us into a corner. But we need to understand that the Lord, our God, the Bible says he's the same yesterday, today, and always. You know, there is no situation that will come our way that God cannot deal with. And every time God wants to manifest himself through his people, and what he wants to do is, you know, the Bible says God will not do anything on this earth except he first revealed it to his servants. Amos 3, 7. You know, God first has to reveal what he wants to do to his people. And so, uh, you turn your Bibles with me to Jeremiah chapter 1. 
verse 4 uh, through 10. This is when God called uh, Jeremiah. And the Bible says when God called Jeremiah, he was just a young uh, boy. And God said, I have chosen you before you were formed in the womb of your mother. I knew you and I have called you by name. You need to understand that you are very unique. You are very special to God. Before you were formed in the womb of your mother, God knew you by name and he called you by name. And he you know, placed you in such a time as this because of the assignment that he has concerning your life. You see, if God wants you, uh, you know, to live in the uh, 1800s, you know, in the wild, wild west, he would have let that happen. But he has a special assignment for you in this day and age. And that is why, you know, you need to turn to God, you know, and we need to turn to God not just because, you know, we are Christians and we are living the Christian life. You know, sometimes we come to a place where uh, coming to God has just become a routine. We come to God and, you know, we are Christians, we read our Bible, we pray, we sing, and then we move on with, you know, whatever it is that we want to do to survive. But you need to understand that as believers, our lives are more than just us surviving. The destiny of nations is in our hands. And we have that power given to us by God to manifest his sovereignty in the affairs of men. All through scripture, God always calls ordinary people to do great and mighty things. You read Genesis chapter 37, the Bible said, you see, Joseph was just an ordinary young boy, you know, carefree, living his life. He went to bed, didn't ask for a dream, but God gave him a dream. He woke up the following morning very excited, and he said, hey, guys, you know, to his brothers, I had a dream. You know, uh, we were doing this, and then uh, whatever I was doing became more prosperous. And it wasn't about... Joseph, it was about, you know, salvation of the nations at the time. But then the brothers became jealous and hated him for having a dream. Sometimes when you draw closer to God, God is going to speak things into your heart. There are some of you, God has spoken to you in a way that you understood very clearly that this is God speaking to you. It's not about you. There is an assignment for you. There was something for you to do. And sometimes you share it with people and they don't understand it. They cannot comprehend it and they, they can't lay hold of it. And sometimes people will say things to discourage you. And some of you have gone through life, haven't been discouraged you know, from your dreams by what other people have said to you. But God is saying, dream again. Joseph had another dream, and he went on, and he told his brothers. He went on, and he told his father, and he told everyone that will listen. And the Bible said, they hated him the more. You see, as Christians, we tell the world, this is what God wants. This is how God wants us to live. God wants to bless us and he wants to give us peace. He wants to give us joy. And, you know, as we declare the mind of God to the world, sometimes 
you see it happen. They don't want to have anything to do with you. But you don't have to be discouraged because the God that gives you the dream, the God that put his word in your heart, he will see you through. He gave us a promise. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. When you have the dream of God in your heart, God will never leave you nor forsake you. He will be with you every step of the way. Joseph's dreams came true. When he obeyed and just followed God and served God in every situation, you know, at the end, the dream came to pass. Dream again. America does not need what the news is telling us. What the news is saying, that is not what we need. We need to receive dreams from God. That this is what God is saying. This is what God has poured into our spirit. And that is what we will walk on. That is what we will stand on. That is what we will declare. It doesn't matter where you are in life. You may be, you know, a youth. And, you know, now about trying to, you know, find your place in life. But if you get closer to God, he is going to give you a dream to live your life by. When you listen to the testimony of Pastor Greg, you know, I believe, you know, some 30 years ago, having been, you know, raised, and I always say, you know, uh, uh, his mama did a great job raising three strong, powerful men filled with the spirit, you know, and when he came to a point seeking God, he had a dream to start a church, you know, to serve God in the ministry. And he did that for almost 30 years. He did that faithfully. And when he saw that that was coming to an end, that phase of his life was coming to an end. You see, when you are a dreamer, you stay close to the dream giver. The mistake a lot of people do is that they receive one dream from God and they become obsessed and possessed by the, that particular dream and they think that is all there is to life. But when you stay close to the dream giver, he will guide you every step of the way. It is not your dream. It is not your vision. It is not your idea. It is his idea and he will bring it to pass and he will work it how he wants to work it. And so when he was coming to, you know, the end of a particular phase, God said, I've seen your faithfulness. You have served me. You have done this. You know, uh, now you have to enter into a new season. And I remember, you know, very well, you know, they were meeting in a school uh, down the road. And uh, after church, you know, we finished tearing down everything. And he was telling me, you know, what this is what God is saying. He's trying to find somebody, uh, you know, to take over the church. He wants to step down. But God has prepared Pastor James. And brought him up here, you know, all the way from the down staff and brought him up and say, you know, your assignment is about to fully begin. And here is Pastor James and here is uh, Pastor Greg, you know, uh, facing out. And the two came together. Hallelujah. And then when, uh, uh, you know, that transition was happening, you know, most people would just, you know, say, yeah, I've been there, done that, you know, uh, yeah, let me just, uh, 
uh, you know, chill and, uh, you know, go on vacation and have some holidays here and there and, you know, travel the world. Actually, he did travel the world with, uh, you know, Duan and, uh, you know, the Stivers. They went to Italy and then, uh, you know, enjoying life out there. You know, he did that a little bit. But then he went back to the Lord and said, God, what is the next step? What is the next chapter for me? He could have been sitting there and just saying to everybody, oh, please, don't you rock my boat. Uh, you know, he could. <laughs> he could go that direction. But he said, God, what is next? And God said, you are going to touch lives beyond your borders. You're going to do greater things in your latter years than you have done in the early years. And as a result of dreaming again, trying to be useful, you know, allowing himself to be useful to the kingdom of God. God has already spoken to us, you know, to move in a different direction of our ministry. We didn't know how it was going to happen. But God spoke to him in America whilst we were trying to find our feet in Africa. And God connected us. And as a result of that, you know, when they came, the first place we went to build a wall, there was a man there. And this man had been on the heart of God for years. He was in his 90s when we went in there. And God wanted this man to be saved. But this man was a voodoo priest. You know, that is, have a lot of idols. He was crippled, but he was a grandmaster in voodoo worship. People from different parts go to him for rituals and, you know, for charms and other things. But we went in with the supports of Pastor Greg and the church here, we went in and we said, we said to this chief of the village, you know, Jesus loves you and he just wants us to show his love to you. So we want to serve you. We want to build school for your children. We want to give you a good drinking water. And he will be, you know, laughing and smiling. And every time we go in, he will receive us with open arms. And whilst we were doing that, the time came and he said to us, He's ready to be baptized. He's ready to be baptized. We said, do you know what that means? It means we have to destroy all these idols. Every uh, voodoo item you have in this village, we have to destroy it all. He said, no problem. You know, and so we arranged a baptism service. And all the churches in the neighborhood that, you know, have heard about this man being baptized. They, some of them have known this man for years. There are people that have preached to him for years, but, you know, no results. But with that water well, that was put in there, this man gave his life to the Lord. And we, we pump water out of the well and this man was baptized with his whole village. They were all baptized to the glory of God. Yeah. Dream again. When you draw closer to God and you allow him to put his dream in you, you don't know where that is going to take you. But I can assure you, it's a place when you get there, you will be happy. You will be excited. You will feel fulfilled. Dream again. America needs dreamers. You see, 
God is the giver of dream. And then the devil will always imitate what God is doing, and then he will give the counterfeit, the fake one, and then uh, people uh, lead people into destruction with that. And when we are talking about dreaming, uh, you see, I'm not talking about the American dream, because there are many that have followed the American dream, and they are in debt today. A house on a hill, you know, a beautiful car, this and that. And they say, you know, just sign the piece of paper and it is all yours. And you think you are living the dream. But when, you know, that month ends and you can't make payment, you can't make payment the second time, you can't make payment the third time, you see that dream crashing down. You see houses in foreclosure. You see cars in repo. It is because of people chasing the wrong dreams. But when you have the God kind of dream, the Lord your God, he will be with you every step of the way. He will guide you through it. And he will provide for you. America needs dreamers. The Bible says, the Lord said to Jeremiah, according to verse 10, he said, you will pull down the things I'll show you to pull down. There are certain strongholds. You know, we need a generation of Christians that will stand in the fullness of the power of God to pull down strongholds. Strongholds in our family, strongholds in our homes, strongholds in the community. They need to come down. And when we draw closer to God, we receive power to pull them down. Jesus said to his disciples in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, he said, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit is come upon you. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you receive power. And that power, you know, gives you the ability to destroy the strongholds around you. And you become a witness. When we say witness, what does it mean? You tell of that which you have experienced, that which you have seen, that which you have observed. You give a first-hand account. You see, and by faith, we say this is what God wants to do. In our spirit, you see, when you dream of something, you've already seen the thing in the realms of the spirit. So when God gives it to you, when the spirit of God comes to you and God begins to reveal to you what he is about, it is something that you have seen. You, you know, there are times where, you know, God will be speaking certain things to you, telling you certain things, and it's so visible, so tangible, and you, you know deep within you that this is real. And as a witness of God, you manifest this to the land. We are in a place where we live by faith, we walk by faith. And the things that God has said to us, we don't know how he's going to do it. You know, before uh, uh, Pastor Greg said, uh, you know, five, well, in, uh, in five years, I had gone to a meeting 
in Chico. Uh, there was a pastor's retreat. I went out to uh, Oroville to go preach. And the pastor is like, hey, you know, uh, since you're around, uh, we're going for a retreat. You know, come back. Uh, I will come pick you and you, you join us. So we went to the retreat. And at that retreat, they brought a group of people from Bethel and, uh, you know, during our prayer time, and they started giving prophecy. And then, uh, uh, you know, you, you see with them one-on-one, -on -one and then the, they give you prophecy. And then uh, the first person I went to, you know, it's like, hey, uh, we see God using you to provide uh, water for uh, villages. Is that something... Uh, uh, that you can relate with? I said, yeah. And we have done a couple of wells, but it was expensive and, you know, difficult to, you know, go through the whole process. So, you know, and at that moment, that was a chapter in my heart and in my mind. You know, I'm closing the book on. So uh, I'm like, whoa, this is something. I, I, I went to sit down I'm, I'm all by myself, and another pastor came to me and said, hey, you know, you should go. I said, I've, I've, I've you know, been prayed over. I've had my prophecy. He said, no, 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 no. Somebody else is open there. Uh, uh, it's open. Just go to that person too. I was like, all right. I went in, and the same prophecy, two different people, two different, you know, and I'm like, all in you. God, all in you can do this. Only you can bring this to pass. And God, in his wisdom, have found somebody that he knows is faithful to his cause. And so, the Lord has done it. What he said he will do. And God is not a God of the past. It's not just what he's going to do, he did it in the past. That's why you go to churches where, you know, uh, uh, they believe that, oh, miracles, signs, and wonders. Those things ended with the apostles and, you know, it ended with the uh, book of Acts. That is not true because the Bible says Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Always he is the same. The same in power, the same in faithfulness, the same in fulfilling his word. That is the kind of God we serve. All we need to do is to open our hearts unto him. And as we open our hearts to him, he downloads into us. And as we go about manifesting the things he wants us to manifest, we'll begin to see real transformation in the land. What God wants to do you know, the church needs to wake up and realize that what God wants to do is not in the hand of one man. What God wants to do, you see, you, 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 you have to keep your eyes on God and on, on God alone. The politicians, they are not going to cut it. They won't. Irrespective of who you have in office, they will not be able to offer the answers that this nation needs. One person in D.C. will not be able to take care of, you know, everybody, the 350 million people in every part of America. One person will not be able to do it. God needs an army of dreamers 
people that carry the heart and the mind of God and say, this is what God wants to do in this pocket of the community. This is what God wants to do. This is what God wants to do. And as we begin to manifest the things God wants to do and is doing, we see a real revival. We see an awakening sweeping across the land. And that is where we are going to see the transformation. That is where we are going to see sinners coming to God. That is where we are going to see people knowing that the power of God is able to change situations. What the devil has done is to lie to people. To, you know, instead of believing God and allowing for a change, what it is is, oh, that's who you are. You know, you have to accept that that is who you are, and everybody else has to accept that that is who you are. And then as Christians, instead of getting into our prayer closet, instead of drawing closer to God and hearing from God and saying, this may be happening around me, but this is what God has said to me. And because of what God has said, I am believing what God says. Instead of us being that kind of people, we have become reactionary agents. We react to everything that is going on in the world. The worldly people, they are worldly, and they will continue to do things that are contrary to the word of God. It's as simple as that. They don't know the word. They don't know God, so they won't do anything to please God. And so when they do the crazy things, then the church goes like, oh, they made a shoe. You know, they put a, a, the mark of the beast on the shoe and they are selling it. You know, they put thesis on it. They are selling it uh, $666. And, you know, people, are, uh, you know, people get all crazy and then all get worked out. Oh, we are in the end times. And then, you know, we share that on our you know, social media and we promote the evil that they are promoting on our social media. And then we make them get rich from all the, you know, uh, clicks. And they love it. And then they go back into their closet. They go like, okay, what else can we, you know, what crazy idea can we bring out to make them, you know, uh, uh, go more crazy? And they keep coming back. And they keep coming back. And then, you know, you keep getting more angry. But that is not what God wants us to do. As a child of God, drawing closer to God, you have to come to that place where you say to yourself, whose report Will you believe? We shall believe the report of the Lord our God. And the report of God is what he says to you in your prayer closet. It's the dreams and the vision that he gives to you. That no matter what you see, this is what I, the Lord, I want to do. This is what I'm going to do, and I'm doing it through you. And I'm going to bring certain people your way that I'm working through them, and you are going to join forces with them, and together you will be unstoppable. Dream again. Dream again. I'm not talking about dream big, like, you know, you know the world is talking about dream big. Oh, I want to have this. I want to. No, dream the dreams that comes from the heart of God. And when you have, you know, those dreams, no matter where you find yourself, the Lord God will see you through. All my life that I've been a believer serving the Lord, it has always been him. I, I moved into a community, you know, where, uh, when uh, it was time for me to uh, get a place. 
I was like, oh, I, I want to uh, be by the beach. And I just started believing God. I have no income, nothing. I, I was just believing God and, uh, you know, just praying. And then uh, we went to uh, this community to minister. And then they, they told us of a, a very old lady in her 90s at the time who uh, have moved to Ghana from Shippensburg, Pennsylvania, and has built a place of ministry. And so we went to visit her. And I've shared with my friends, you know, uh, how I want to get a land in that area. And they said, go and let that lady pray for you. And this lady is like four feet tall. And so I went on my knees before her. And just so she would be able to touch my head. And she prayed for me. And I will never forget the prayer she prayed. She said, may the Lord bring the high places down to your level that you don't have to struggle to reach high. And after that prayer, I went home and somebody said to me, I'm going to pay for the land you want by the beach. It was a done deal. And then when we got a place, we did not know that that place was being used by the people in the community. That's the, the, there was a small lake. That was their idol. And they go there and offer sacrifices and all that. We did not know when we got a place. We just go and pray. You know, uh, I live there, so I would just sit uh, by the bank of the lake and just, you know, be praying and casting out demons and, you know, claiming the territory for the Lord. I did that for five years, and then God called me to where we, we are now. I moved there. This year, I got a, I got a call. They said uh, the, the, the people of the community have come to uh, the house I used to live in to cause a commotion. They said uh, we have driven away their gods. The idols are no more uh, in the lake uh, when they call them, they don't respond. When they offer sacrifices, they don't come to receive it. And so uh, they are there to attack us. And it's like, just it's between your God and my God. Go deal with your God. Wherever he is, go find your God. <laughs> you know, like, and, and sometimes you read things like uh, Elijah and the prophets of Baal on the mountain. And it, it looks like, you know, a story that is so far-fetched. But as you walk with God, you begin to see that the almighty God who loves to be involved in the affairs of mortal men is still moving and doing things. And so this is what America needs. A generation of people that will rise up and say, God what are you saying? What are you saying? You know, I don't care what the president of America say. I'm asking, what is God saying? If you live in Roseville, you have to ask yourself, what is God saying concerning the city of Roseville? What is God saying concerning California? And that is what you stand on. That is what you pray. That is what you believe. You know, you see, and as Christians, we are at a point where we want to see it now in order to believe. But if you are a true Christian, there are certain things you pray into being. And, you know, you believe that even if you don't see it, your grandchildren will see the things you are praying for. It is 
going to happen when we stand upon the word of God and we pray those things into being. Back in 1997, uh, we were in church and we had a guest preacher and uh, he was like, hey, I, I see the Lord using you in the Volta region, you know, to transform communities. That was 1997. And, you know, I had no plan for the Volta region. But today, that is where I live. And we are seeing lives being transformed. The town I lived in, you know, we are seeing changes. When we first went there, you know, when, when God said, go there, and I said, I'm going over there, you know, uh, one of my cousins said, what are you going to do there? That place is like a ghost town. He said, God sent us there. Today, everything is turning around. And as we are seeing changes in the community, we are praying to God. Give us new visions for new areas, for different, and uh, my plan and my belief is that in the next, you know, five to ten years, you know, the church, the body of Christ will control different areas of the city that we live in, uh, you know, the schools, we will run all the schools, and so we will put in a school that we are, we are working on, and with all the coronavirus and everything that is going on, you know, they, they shut down, and we said we will believe the report of the Lord. With all the lockdown and everything, no school. We said the kids can come to us. They can come, we will teach them, and we will feed them. And we were doing that. And by the time eight months was over, the government said people can go back to school. Most of the parents said they want their kids to stay in our, in our school. And so we've seen our number, you know, doubled right after uh, COVID. That is what God can do. If you believe him and you stand upon his word and you allow his word to get into you. I say, I say this to people all the time. When we say prayer, it's not just having a list of things you want to talk to God about. You talk to God, and you wait, and you listen for him to talk back to you. See, God has so much to tell us than we want to tell him. And so when you go into prayer and you learn to listen to God, he pour into you. And some of the things he will pour into you as you begin to, you know, believe him for them. And as you begin to take the right steps, begin to see it coming to pass. It's not just the pastors. It has to be all of us as a church. Somebody needs to have a vision for the children's ministry. You know, that uh, we want to see the children's ministry grow and have more people, you know, in, in, in kids' church than in the main, you know, service. That should be somebody's, you know, uh, prayer, somebody's dream, somebody's uh, pact with God that they are working on. The youth and, you know, different segments. If we can all believe God for something, for a dream that comes from his heart, transformation will happen. Why should the church... Always be playing catch-up. Have you ever asked yourself, why does the church always have to play catch-up? When you look at all these big uh, tech giants, none of the CEOs are solid Christians. You talk about Mark, you talk about uh, Jeff, uh, all these guys. 
And then they have the platform. And then we go in and we use those platforms. And then they get to a point when they begin to censor us. And then we, we are crying. We are complaining. But when you begin to believe God, whatever field you are on, and you believe God to give you a dream, we begin to offer the world the answers that they need. And that is why God said to tell you, dream again. Those of you that feel you are like at the tail end of your life, and so you think that you, you, know, you are done. God said dream again because he said in these days, the old men and women would dream dreams. It's never late with God. It's never late. Each and every one of us can catch a dream, catch a vision from God. Because the world is looking for godly dreamers so that they can find peace they can find joy because the bible says the blessings of god will make you rich and he add no sorrow to it the blessings of this world the riches of this world they come with sorrow but when god bless you there is no sorrow attached to it all the big guys with all the billions and everything you see they have problems that they they can't find answers to Bill Gates and uh, all, all of them. But when you have Jesus, when you have Jesus, you know you are not alone. You know that the one that parted the Red Sea is with you. So no matter what comes your way, he is with you and he will see you through. And that is what the world is missing and that is what they need. And that is why God wants you to come to him and receive his dream. So humbly, I say to you, dream again. Shall we be on our feet?